Pray with me, please. Lord, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Amen. I would contend without any fear of contradiction that Jesus of Nazareth is the greatest leader the world has ever known. Understand, please, that Jesus possessed a strength far superior to that of the greatest of the military commanders. And yet, Jesus also possessed a tenderness which drew little children to him. Jesus had awesome powers of concentration, a mind as quick and decisive as a steel trap. And yet, Jesus retained a remarkable sensitivity for dealing with difficult people. Jesus' power and authority were attested even by his own enemies. And yet Jesus was completely at ease with the meek and the lowly of heart. Jesus' purity was spotless, absolutely without blemish. And yet Jesus could move with great comfort amongst the lowliest and most despised of sinners. No one in all of human history, no one has attracted as many followers as has Jesus of Nazareth. No national leader, no international leader, no religious leader, not Mohammed, not Buddha, not Confucius, not Zoroaster, not anyone else. No one but no one has attracted as many followers as has Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus is the leader of all leaders. And therefore, I would contend that if you wish to study the nature and the effectiveness of great leadership, you will inevitably have to start and finish your study with Jesus, the greatest leader the world has ever known. Furthermore, if you dare to engage in a study of the leadership style of Jesus, inevitably the result will be that you become a more committed follower of Jesus. And that is the reason why today I want us to examine the leadership style of Jesus. Now, I suspect that by this time you know that if you give me a week off and therefore a few more days to work on a particular sermon, that one of the things that I'm going to do is to have great fun playing with the words. That is precisely the case today. And so you see, I want to try to capture the leadership style of Jesus in four statements. You're going to love this. Here they are. Jesus shapes the creed. Jesus meets the need. Jesus leads by deed. And Jesus sows the seed. Now, the value of that is that those four statements are easy to remember. And in order to carve them into your own memory bank, I want you to say them out loud with me now. Number one, he shapes the creed. Say that. Number two, he meets the need. 
Number three, he leads by deed. Number four, he sows the seed. Well, now having played with the words, let's play out the themes. Jesus is the greatest leader the world has ever known because number one, he shapes the creed. What's number one? Jesus creates, shapes, and determines the creed. He shapes and creates and determines what we believe. Now, if it is true, and I believe it is, that truthfulness is the foundation stone of all great leadership, then I think it's worth noting that Jesus always, but always, spoke the truth. Jesus spoke the truth because Jesus is the truth. The phrase so often applied to leaders in our own time, he or she misspoke, that phrase could never be applied to Jesus. Jesus always spoke the truth. You can never find a single instance where Jesus ever cut the corner on ethics ever shaded a standard, ever fudged on a commitment, ever spin-doctored an issue, ever watered down an unpalatable idea. Jesus spoke the truth because he is the truth. He believed what he said, he said what he believed, and we can believe what he said. Jesus spoke the truth because Jesus is the truth. Everything he said, everything he did, all of it exists in absolutely perfect harmony. Jesus spoke the truth. That's the reason that the church of Jesus Christ has never adopted Benjamin Franklin's dictum that honesty is the best policy. Dear friends, Honesty is not just the best policy. Honesty is the only policy. We as followers of Jesus Christ are called to seek the truth and speak the truth and live the truth and love the truth and obey the truth and stand for the truth just as Jesus did, cost whatever it may. Jesus spoke the truth because Jesus is the truth. One of the reasons that more people have followed Jesus than have followed any other leader in all of history is because Jesus shapes our creed. Jesus determines what we believe. And if we build our lives and our beliefs upon the life and the belief of Jesus Christ, then we are going to build for ourselves a significant life indeed. So, Jesus is the greatest leader the world has ever known because, number one, he shapes the creed. What's number one? And he's the world's greatest leader because, number two, he meets the need. What's number two? As you read the Bible, you begin to discover that Jesus repeatedly says to his disciples, I do not call you servants, I call you friends. It's absolutely amazing 
you begin to understand that Jesus spent a lot more time with his companions than he did with the crowds. There is no record in the Bible of Jesus calling large conferences or conventions or congresses, but there is a vast record of long walks with his disciples along the shores of the Sea of Galilee or spending quality time with them, seated beneath the shade of the olive trees or around the fire in the evening, sharing the things that only friends can share. That's so important to understand, that Jesus regarded his disciples as being his friends. You see, one of the greatest needs we have in life is the need to enjoy significant relationships in life, genuine friendships, which will encourage and inspire us to more significant living. Jesus, better than anyone ever has, better than anyone ever will, Jesus meets that need. I tell you as I read the Bible, I am amazed at the faith Jesus had in God, his heavenly Father. But I have to tell you, I'm even more amazed in the faith Jesus had in his disciples. Remember, please, these guys were no great prize winners. They weren't superior intellects. They weren't headline makers. They were just simple, ordinary, uneducated people. Yet Jesus took them and galvanized them together into a group, a group which ultimately actually changed the course of human history. How did that happen? I submit to you, it was because of the friendship Jesus offered to them. It was their friendship with him that inspired them to a greatness they never knew they possessed. Yes, one of the reasons more people have followed Jesus than have followed anyone else in all the history of the world is because they find in Jesus what the Bible refers to as the friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so, Jesus is the greatest leader the world has ever known because Number one, he shapes the creed. What's number one? And number two, he meets the need. What's number two? And number three, he leads by deed. What's number three? Oh, yes. Every time I tell you, every time, and I've been reading the passage all of my life, every time I read John chapter 13, and see there Jesus with his disciples. I tell you, I move to a sense of overwhelming awe that here is Jesus, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and yet he is down on his knees, girded only with a towel, washing his disciples' dirty feet. Dear God, make no mistake, no self-respecting gentleman of the Middle East then or now, and certainly no great leader, would ever stoop to do such a thing. Unthinkable. 
And yet, here is Jesus in an act of loving service to his disciples, by so doing, demonstrating to them that the way they are to lead is to serve. I have a great friend in the ministry. His name is Samuel Green. He is now one of the bishops of the African Methodist Episcopal denomination. And I want to tell you, Samuel Green preaches like a runaway freight train. And I love to hear him preach. Not very long ago, Samuel Green had a line in one of his sermons that wrapped itself around me and will not let me go. Samuel Green in his sermon said, Jesus sits high, but Jesus looks low. Who that'll preach. Jesus sits high, but Jesus looks low. In that single line, Samuel Green has captured the picture of the lofty Lord of the universe who loves us so much that he would lower himself all the way down to washing our feet. The king of all glory cares about the smallest, littlest, lowest, most insignificant care of your life and mine. Jesus sits high, but he looks low. Here's a book to read, Servant Leadership by Robert Greenleaf. For 30 years, Robert Greenleaf climbed the corporate ladder at AT&T until he reached the top. But there in that exalted position, he discovered that the temptation to pride and power almost overwhelmed him. As a result, he felt forced to re-examine his own understanding of true leadership. And he discovered the answer to his deep concern in none other than the life of Jesus of Nazareth. And out of studying the life of Jesus, he came to this concept of servant leadership. In fact, Greenleaf says in his book uh, that that concept appears more than 1,300 times on the pages of the Bible. In the book, he shares how, in his own experience, he says that when you reach the top or close to it and and people are talking well about you, and people are kowtowing to your every desire. He says at that point, that's when the gangrene of pride and power begins to eat away at your soul. The only answer, he said, is to see yourself as Jesus saw himself, servant leader. You see, with Jesus, there was never tyranny, only tenderness. With Jesus, there was never a tirade, only a towel. Servant leader, Jesus sits high, but he looks low. One of the reasons that Jesus is the most effective leader the world has ever known is because, number three, he leads by deed. What's number one? He shapes the creed. What's number two? He meets the need. What's number three? He leads by deed. And number four, he sows the seed. What's number four? 
Jesus understood that nothing can happen through you until it has happened to you. Jesus understood that there are things we learn from experience which we cannot learn in any other way. That is precisely the reason that Jesus sent his disciples out on testing missions, training missions, if you will. He called his disciples together. He planted in them the seed of his wisdom and his power. And then he sent them out to experience both the responsibility and the glory of his work. It's amazing to read about it. You can do that in Matthew 10 or Luke chapter 10, both places. There, Jesus calls the disciples together, plants the seed. He tells them that they possess the power of God, and then he teaches them how to use it. He tells them that they are going to encounter remarkable opportunities, and then he shows them how to seize those opportunities. He tells them that they are going to run slap up against stout opposition, and he tells them how to respond to it. He plants the seed. And then he sends them out. They will bring the harvest. It's amazing to see it. And when you read about it, Luke 10, for example, when you read about it, after this training mission, the disciples come back to Jesus. And I tell you, they're so excited. They're jumping up and down. They're like children at Christmas time. And they're crying out, Master, Master, you should have been there. You should have seen what happened. And Jesus, and I believe at this point that Jesus had his face split by a radiant smile. Jesus said, oh, I was there. I saw it all. I saw you knock Satan all the way to hell. Ha! Do you understand that Jesus gave to his disciples what I call the three T's? He gave them trust. He trusted them to do his work. He gave them tools. He gave them everything they needed to do the job. And he gave them triumph. He let them taste the victory and the glory of it all. Today at Providence Church, we ordain and install a whole new batch of lay leaders for this church. I want to suggest to you that Jesus is giving to all the lay leaders in this church precisely what he gave to his disciples. He is giving them trust. He is trusting them to do his work here. He is giving them tools. He's giving them everything they need to do his work in this church and in the world. And he's giving them triumph. He's going to let them taste the victory of it all. Jesus sows the seed. They bring the harvest. And here's the principle. They will lead us by following him. And so Jesus is the greatest leader the world has ever known because number one, what is it? He shapes the creed. Number two, what is it? He meets the need. Number three, what is it? He leads by deed. And number four, what is it? He sows the seed. Everything that I'm trying to say to you can actually be found in one of my favorite hymns. You know, sometimes hymns come about after long, hard effort and perspiration. 
but sometimes they actually erupt in a momentary flash of inspiration. The hymn to which I refer falls into that latter category. On March the 26th, 1862, a 28-year-old Baptist minister named Joseph Gilmore was preaching at the Wednesday night prayer service at the First Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He preached on the 23rd Psalm. After the service, Gilmore and some of the people in that congregation retired for a time of refreshment to the home of Deacon Thomas Watson. And as they were talking there about what Gilmore had said in his sermon, Gilmore said suddenly he was overwhelmed by a sense of the blessedness of the leading of God in life. And with that, he asked for a pen and a piece of paper. And suddenly, he took the pen and the paper and he began to write down some words. The words were flowing out of his mind as fast as he could write them. And when he finished, he then handed the sheet of paper to his wife and never gave it another thought. Later on, much later, his wife, without his knowledge, sent his lines in to a Christian magazine. And before Joseph Gilmore was even aware of it, his lines had been set to music and became a hymn which began to spread through the church. The hymn is entitled, He Leadeth Me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I will be, for by his hand he leadeth me. I contend without any fear of contradiction that Jesus of Nazareth is the greatest leader the world has ever known. He leadeth me. He leadeth you. He leadeth us. And that is why here at Providence Church, we shall always and only, we shall always and only follow wherever He may lead. Pray with me, please. God on high, hear my prayer. Enable us like those disciples of old, simple, ordinary people though we may be, enable us to follow the greatest leader the world has ever known. For by so doing, the world may be changed and we shall experience the victory and the glory of it all. In his name, amen.